Good evening. Happy hump day. And welcome to another episode of Writer Ramblings with H.M. Barone. I am your host, H.M. And tonight, I'm going to be talking about the princess and her suitor, uh, Princess Isadora, and her suitor, Prince Glaive. Now, I hadn't originally intended upon having this particular storyline in my series when I wrote it to begin with. However, things, as we all know, change. And it just kind of happened. I, uh, had every intention of leaving Isadora unwed for at least the majority of the series. However, things took a turn in the first book, and her father decided to reward her for her loyalty by arranging a marriage. I know, it's not what most women would want. It's not what most fathers would do in this day and age, but considering the fact that the series is a medieval fantasy, it only made sense. And their relationship starts out a little bit rockier than most of my other characters' relationships. Honestly, I wanted it a little bit to mirror the relationship that Blythe and Sevelyn have. Because when they first started, well, if you've read my book, you already are aware. Things were interesting, to say the least, when their relationship started. And Isadora and Glaives is very similar. It's rough to start, and then they kind of start to learn to find their footing with one another. Thanks in no small part to Isadora's brother, Gordon. Now, Prince Glaive hails from, give me a minute, I can't remember. Isadora is the princess, of course, of um, Iskenderin. Sorry, it's been one of those days. Um, She is the only daughter and younger child of King Darius. And Prince Glaive is the older son of... King Vaughn and Queen Cynthia. 
from Nestapur. I know, again, it sounds a little bit like Game of Thrones, but I will have you know that I came up with most of the names of these kingdoms well before I ever started watching Game of Thrones. But Prince Glaive is the older son of the king and queen of Nesipur, which is a very Nordic, Viking-like kingdom. And he's a warrior. But he hasn't been t tried. He's not very old, even though he is the older son. I'm still working out a lot of his personality. I'm still developing a lot of the relationship between him and Isadora. And it's one of those things that's taking me some time to develop, just like everything else, because my main focus has been, for the last several months, Kaylin. And I really, truly need to get it in gear. Although, I think my day job has allowed me a significant amount of time lately to um, get a fair amount of writing done. It's just a matter of getting the second draft for the last couple of chapters into writing um, in my computer on, in the manuscript. I really do write much better than I talk, as has been evidenced by the increase in quote-unquote sales of my books over the last week. Now, for any of you who follow me on Facebook, you're aware that uh, my publishing company is running its annual... I'm not even sure which sale this one is, but um, for the entire month of July, all six of my books, the Zoe series as well as the King's Champion, the First Way of the Fist book, are all available for free. I will be including the link to the series as well as to the book in the comments after I'm done recording my show tonight. But Glaive and Isadora. They're both unsure of themselves around each other, which is unusual for Isadora because she's always been a terribly confident, headstrong young woman. If you have read my first Way of the Fist book, you will know that she doesn't mince words, she doesn't muck around, and she really doesn't take any crap off of anybody. She puts Blythe in her place, she puts her soldiers in their place, and she has developed resources that her neither her father nor her brother were expecting her to when 
the king first sent her as an ambassador to the Tengu in the first book. Now, Jamian and Blythe, as well as Liren, all had a little bit of a hand in Isadora rising to her political prowess, if that's the right term that I'm looking for. Um, in the subsequent series, after I finish the Way of the Fist series, um, the sequel series is going to have Isadora with her prince, well, king at that point, in his home kingdom, having set precedence for the kingdom because of how she evolved in the political arenas when she is in these books. I'm describing it poorly. I really am, and I apologize. But it's difficult to explain without tipping my hand and revealing everything that's going to be happening in these books. And I really, really want people to read these books and appreciate them and enjoy them. Now, I don't write for other people. I really, truly do write for myself. These characters are as much a part of me as my own children as I am. And I just want to share them with the world, and I want everybody to fall in love with them the way that I have. And it's difficult to, first of all, create a person out of thin air. Second of all, to make them believable. And third of all, to make them an individual. I've tried really hard to avoid as many cliches and stereotypes as I possibly can. Regrettably, in certain circumstances and situations, it is unavoidable. And so I just work through it the best that I can. Glaive starts off is more of a friend of her brother, Prince Gordon. But Gordon advises him to more become the person that he wants to be for Isadora rather than trying to be who he's not, I guess is the best way to describe it. He wants Glaive to be his best self so that Isadora will be happy and provided for and able to flourish when she finally returns with him to his kingdom. There's a little bit of friction 
there's interaction between Isadora and Sevelyn as she has come to rely on him as almost as much as he's relying on her because he's not sure where he stands with the princess's handmaiden Blythe and she's doing her best to sort of play matchmaker along with trying to maintain and even just establish her relationship with Prince Glaive as well. So he's sort of an outlet for her, as are her informant and her new magical advisor. Now, Isadora has distinguished herself by the people that she surrounds herself with. She has her own personal guard, she has a magical advisor, and she has an informant, which is significantly more than her brother has. Although Gordon, well, I'll get into him next week and explain to you more about Prince Gordon and his backstory. But, um, Excuse me. There's a lot that I need to work on with the kingdom that Prince Glaive comes from that will sort of set the tone for who he is. His parents have kind of gotten away from the old ways and I'm hoping to sort of change the spirit of the kingdom even with his relationship with Isadora. And I'm hoping to even alter his personality in person somewhat to make him more of a better person after spending his time and marrying her. Now, I managed to put off their wedding until after Blythe and Mythos return. I had actually at one point considered waiting until after she had left for Isadora to marry, but it ended up being a little bit more poignant and interesting to handle it a different way. And I don't want to reveal too much again about the third book because I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. But um, there's, there's definitely going to be some people upset with me over a lot of different things that I write. But that's just the way that things work out. And I promise I'm not going to go full George R. R. Martin on anyone. 
or on, on the whole series. There will be favorite characters left alive at the end of this. I promise. Might not be the ones that you were expecting, but people will survive. And that's all the more you're going to get out of me on that particular subject. But I really did have a lot of fun developing the relationship between Isadora and Glaive and making them both better people after they've spent time with one another. Now, I will admit that I gave Isadora a little bit of time to pull a Cersei, but she bounces back significantly quicker. And she ends up a little bit better for it, as do the characters around her. Because, let's face it, nobody likes an arranged marriage. Well, very few people, anyways, like arranged marriages. Especially one to a complete stranger from a foreign country. It makes things... um challenging, to say the least. But I wanted, I didn't want to make it easy on her. I wanted her to have to work for what she wanted. I wanted her to want to be a better person for it. To want this relationship to work out, to step, build the allies, to help her kingdom, to to further the story, frankly. And that's what it all comes down to, is moving the story along and... getting everyone to where they need to be when the time is right. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure where else to go with this one. I had originally intended upon recording a special episode of this show on the 4th of July. I'd also planned on recording a special episode the Sunday before, which was my birthday, and life happened, and things got away from me, and that didn't end up happening. So maybe I will address what I was going to talk about on the 4th now, because I was going to talk about governments and how most of the governments in my book happen to be monarchies. And as I've mentioned in the past, I have been watching Hamilton quite a bit. More for motivation, but also because it's got good music. But anyways, um, honestly, I have... One, two, three, four, five, 
six, seven, well, two, four, six, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen countries. Now, one is composed of independent city-states, and that's the freelance. One of them is an actual democracy, very much akin to um, ancient Greece, as it was. And the rest of them are of varying um, national influences, but basically 13 of the 15 countries are monarchies. And so that makes it kind of a challenge because there's no big national holiday like what we have for our Independence Day. There's been no real rebellions up until this particular series in any of the kingdoms. And if you've listened to previous episodes, you know that the Elven Nation just went through a civil war. And other than that, I think it's kind of boring, so I might have to work on that a little bit. But anyways, I'm spinning my wheels at this point, so I'm just going to say thank you for listening and have a good night.